Did you know that TR Historical is the only online retailer of my merch? That's right. You can go over there, and I have stickers and buttons. Sooner or later, we might put some more stuff up on there. But Dave Boussier over there, owner-operator of TR Historical, has been a great friend of mine since I met him at an air show. We hit it off immediately, and we decided that we had to work together. On top of that, they have so much other stuff there as far as history swag on trhistorical.com. You're going to love it. I've ordered several shirts off of there, and there's some great stuff. I mean, if you want history swag, you got to check it out. So go over on trhistorical.com. Give them some love. Let Dave know I sent you. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattoo Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattoo Historian. It's great to be back on here for another podcast episode. It's been a couple weeks since we've had one. The last two have dealt with uh, branding and uh, branding as a historian and actually doing podcasts. This week, I wanted to bring you another interview that we conducted on Facebook Live, YouTube, and over on Twitch. This one was with my friend Mary Fincher and Darren Weeks. Uh, They are the dynamic duo behind the Civil War Breakfast Club. It's a podcast. They also do live streams on Saturday mornings where they talk with their followers. Very engaging, uh, very awesome format to everything that they're doing. I'm really, really excited for the future of the Civil War Breakfast Club. It's real. It's authentic. uh, There's no ego. It's made for, quote, the common person, if you will. It's kind of like going into a pub and having a pub talk and or just talking over coffee at the local coffee shop about Civil War history. And that's why I enjoy it so much. They give out some great information, but they do so in a way that everyone can understand it. Uh, the kind of programming I enjoy, right, where there's no ego and it's just uh, real and natural. And I've uh, met Mary. I haven't met Darren in person yet. Uh, But I know that the way that she presents is definitely her. It's her authentic self. And I'm sure Darren is the same way. And that's why I believe the Civil War Breakfast Club is going to only grow and prosper moving forward. Because it brings new people into the field of history. It brings uh, people in who have an interest in history, who don't do it as a living, but want to feel like they're part of something bigger than just themselves. And the Civil War Breakfast Club certainly provides that for others. So it was great to have them on. I hope you enjoy the audio from this live stream. We had a great time. Uh, And there's so many more interviews to come, and I'm really looking forward to that. But for today, uh, please enjoy this interview with Mary Fincher and Darren Weeks, the duo from Civil War Breakfast Club. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this evening's live stream presentation. My name is John. I am the Tattooed Historian, and it's great to be back on another live stream. It's been quite a while since I've done a live stream interview. So here we here we are together. 
uh, once again. So tonight we have my good friend, Mary Fincher, who provided me with some Tim Hortons coffee two years ago. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been two, it's two years ago this month, actually. This month. Oh, okay. Yeah. When we, when we yeah. finally got a chance to meet, she brought me a, a nice can of Tim Hortons coffee, which when you're a Canadian and you come to the United States, you have to pay your tax and that's yep. tax to me. So yeah. thank you for the, for the lovely can of Tim Hortons coffee. You're welcome. And my good buddy, Darren, who, who, who shares Red Sox stuff with me and, you know, great, great yeah. stuff. Well, it's great to be on John. It's, it's been a sad season for our beloved Sox and Pats, but, and, uh, and, and for the record, I didn't get any Tim Hortons can from Mary. So you're up one, nothing. I'm out too. So that Ooh. that's okay. But I mean, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't realize this was a Tim Horton coffee trading situation, but, but that's good. But it's been, it's been a, been a tough year for our sports teams, John, but we'll, we'll get through it. This hope springs eternal 2021. Yes, gonna, Cam Newton we'll, and everything. We've been having a rough year. We're, so. we're going to end that that three that two year drought of Boston championships. It's really getting old. Oh, so yeah. we'll do our we'll do our best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I am I am so glad that uh, you two have started out or you have been doing uh, a podcast for a while and have been doing some live streaming. We're going to go over all that as the Civil War Breakfast Club. Yep. And uh, which I think is a killer name. It actually reminds me of the. 80s movie the breakfast club which a classic so this this is turning into a classic <laughs> making here of breakfast club. so i want to ask though right off the bat uh especially for you mary because mm -hmm. you're from ontario yep. and uh you're more american than i am <laughs> as we said offline and i'm yes, Canadian yep. than you are yep uh i want to ask both of you but i want to start with mary uh where did the interest in the civil war start um, so when I was a kid, I loved to read and I learned to read at a very early age from my grandmother and my father, I think he saw me as a mini adult. So he bought me like, like time life series of books. So he bought me the civil war time life series. And one night I picked it up when I was six years old and I grabbed the book about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And by the end of the night, I knew who Abraham Lincoln was, John Wilkes Booth and what had happened that night. And from there it just went into, it took off. Yeah. into this this interest and I, I actually kept it hidden for a few years because I was teased about it when I was eight years old and I just kind of was like okay I'm not going to talk about that part of my life so I would be home studying it at night and all that but then I got onto Twitter many many years later and I finally was like you know what I can't hide this anymore and I want others to feel comfortable with it too so I started tweeting about the civil war and just not really not really caring about what people thought or said to me um about it if they thought it was weird whatever so and it just has taken off from there and it's been a great experience you know? who teased you kids in school <laughs> i know that feeling. i was gonna say yeah. i didn't know if it was your family or kids no. in school or or what i think my family thought it was a phase um but oh, yeah. then my my aunt and uncle went to gettysburg and they came back with all these books for me and my parents were like oh my god <laughs> 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 yeah. And they um so then I went to Gettysburg for the first time when I was 10. And that's also when I went to the Lincoln Memorial. And that was the kind of stuff I wanted to do as a kid was I want to go to museums and all that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Darren, how about you? Where did it start? Well, I mean, I, I grew up literally 200 yards from the Lexington Battle Green in Massachusetts. And so it, history has kind of always been kind of in your fabric here. And I never got into the Revolutionary War for some reason. I think I was just too close to it. And so I always kind of 
gravitated towards the American Civil War. And there is some Civil War uh, information and stuff in the city of Boston. And, and then I kind of dug into it a little bit. And this goes years and years ago. Um, I started to research my own family history. Um, I found a relative of mine, my grandfather's grandfather, who ultimately um, served out of New Hampshire originally, mustered out, ended up uh, joining our heavy artillery group in Massachusetts. Uh, um, mm -hmm. And he basically would, um, he got captured at the Battle of Plymouth, and he basically died at the um, concentration camp in Florence, South Carolina, uh, in the Civil War in 1864-65. And ever since then, you know, the Civil War, like, some, like anything else, it gets into your blood. And, and once it gets you, it has you. And you, and you never get out of it. And so ever since then, I've really, I don't think a day has gone by where I haven't read a book or something about the Civil War, where I haven't focused on it. Um, the podcast has always been a dream to do, just to find a way to stay within it. But I think that's kind of where it was. I think it, everybody has their own personal story and their own personal history to how they got into it. But I think the one common thread is it gets in your blood and, and you, it never gets out and it just stays with you. And it's up to you how far you're going to take it. So that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, it is. It is kind of odd how that just happens. It's like it's in your DNA or something, and it just sticks. And it's really interesting, Darren, how you were that close to Lexington Green and all, and and those areas of the American Revolution, and yet you became in, interested in the Civil War. For me, it was I grew up twenty five miles from Gettysburg, so it was almost natural that you're going to be involved in the civil war for you it would be almost natural to be involved in the american revolutionary uh war stuff as far as learning it and you went a different direction which is really interesting mm -hmm. yeah really cool and and as i said earlier and, and mary way up there in godrich and yeah area it's kind of like yeah that's that's different but there is a lot of uh people up there interested in civil war history too oh there yeah there there absolutely is and actually one one interesting thing about my town is that general sherman visited it in 1866 that's nice and it's still standing he didn't burn it to the he ground. did not burn it down <laughs> <laughs> he went to a few parties while he was here though oh yeah <laughs> yes nice. nice yeah yes i hope to visit and see where he was that'd be yeah amazing i never knew that that part of canada had a a large uh enclave of civil war historians but mm. apparently it's pretty big there and yeah. uh, i've noticed a few civil war vets who are buried uh in that part of the world uh including in london uh near western university there's a civil war vet there from michigan unit so oh wow cool makes sense right down the road yeah you know? so i think that's really cool uh why why a uh, a podcast uh, why, why do that? Well, I think we were, um, like Darren and I will like have virtual beers sometimes and we would have these discussions about the civil war. And then I finally said to him one time, why don't we start recording these like a podcast? And I've been part of the rail splitter podcast for three years, which is, um, Abraham Lincoln podcast, but I wanted to, like, I still wanted to stick with that. And I have, but I wanted to do something that was specifically civil war and that would allow me to like do some deeper dives into civil war um just topics and all that because i didn't want to like put that onto the rail splitter podcast because we're an abraham lincoln one so mm -hmm. i just said to darren i'm like hey if you want to do a podcast we have these great discussions let's just start recording them and that's right well we, we just decided like everybody's been to you know picture sitting at sweeney's tavern at the bar and you you overhear some guys talk about some battle then you get involved and start talking mm -hmm. and then it turns into what just a really great historical conversation 
that's very social, very laid back. And that was kind of the concept of this. It's just kind of, we're just sitting in a bar with some friends, hanging out, talking about the Civil War and just having, having a good time with it. And that was always the, conceptually, that was always the point. And the funny part about it is you mentioned the name at the beginning. That was something we actually struggled with, with the name. It yeah. took us a while. And I remember we were sitting on the, um, on the balcony at the, uh, the Inn at Cemetery Hill one day in August. And finally, it just the name just came in. And, and to your point about the Breakfast Club, the movie, the 80s, that's sort of where it, that's well, that was the genesis of it. That's where it came from. Um, and so literally after a couple beers, that's what the name was hatched. Um, and so some, sometimes some of the greatest ideas in human history come after a couple of beers. And this was, uh, this is true. That, that was sort of yeah. one of those things. And then we just decided to put some ideas together, about some, about some ideas. And I think it was about a week or so later, Mary, we really started recording it. Yeah, it was um, within, um, so yeah, Darren was in Gettysburg at the time we came up with the name and we were like, I was obviously here in Goddard because I can't travel right now, but we were having like beers one afternoon while he was back at his hotel. And that's how, again, that's, as he said, that's how he came up with the name. Um, within an hour of coming up with that name, I had the Podbean account, I had a Gmail address for us, yep. just, and I think a week later we recorded the first episode. Yeah, because that's your greatest fear, right? You come up with this killer name and someone already has it. Or they, yeah. they, they've taken the Instagram or they've taken the Facebook site. Yeah. And you got to start over again. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Mary would just use, use her muscle and take care of those people and face those people out. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, see, she'll yeah, stick the see. Canadian mafia on you or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see yeah. Mary's dark. It's be Mary's dark side. Trust me. You'll, uh, <laughs> she would give up anything. Just to say the word. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, what, what was, uh, staying with the, the podcast itself and, and doing the podcast, what was one of the more challenging aspects of the podcast, either re recording it or, or doing it or what, what, were there any instances where it was like a challenging thing to do? Because I know some people who watch these live streams or some people who follow me are thinking about doing one mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Some people are just worried about the judgment of others. Um, was there anything that like, you know, you hit a creative wall or you just thought that maybe something was, you know, you had to work on it or was it just natural? Was it just something you just fell into? Like it's a conversation and that's it. It just, we fell in the, like the conversation has always come easy for us. And we just took that to the podcast. So we've never struggled with like coming up with topics or anything like that. For me, the biggest challenge was the editing. Cause I'd never done that mm. before. So I went into it just, you know, all right, I'll teach myself how to do it. And I'm a lot quicker than I used to be. Uh -huh. I do listen to the whole podcast <laughs> and, and edit it as I go. It takes me probably about 10 hours, I think, to, to edit an episode. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm getting quicker as I go. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like there was. It's taking you 10 hours. I'm worried here. Yeah. <laughs> But that's over a few, it's over a few days that I pick up, kind of pick away at it. Um, but yeah, there's never been, I don't think, uh, Darren, what do you think? Like, we've never really had anything creative that's been a block or. No, I don't anything. think so. I, I, th I think we've tried to exp just expand what we do. You know, we, we, so we, we do the podcast and then we kind of expanded it. So we do a Facebook live the following Saturday in the morning. And we did that for the whole breakfast club part of it. So we have to do something morning related because it's called the breakfast <laughs> club. So, so we ended right. up doing a Facebook live and, and, and that did pretty well. And then we decided to expand it one step further and do a monthly civil war, a breakfast club round table where we do a thing uh, with zoom. Everybody signs on. It's kind of like this. And 
it's just that anybody wants to get together, jump on. We just we just talk whatever's on your mind. And it's just I, I think the whole thing, the whole point of this is just trying to get people comfortable. Like Mary brought up a point earlier about her being kind of. I don't want to say bullied, but you were kind of, no one really follows the civil war where you're at. No. And I, I was teased okay. about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that they, they get teased for a lot of days. That's another story, but, yeah, I know. but, 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 <laughs> right. but basically, but basically it's the same as here. I mean, there's no, really nobody in my circle of life who is interested in the civil war and at work. I'm kind of a nerd outcast. And I mean, I drop Gettysburg address references into zoom meetings, with senior executives, and no one knows about it. So it's a lot of fun, nice. but, um, and so it's, there are a lot of like-minded people like that who want to get together and they don't want to be really bookish or high level. They just want to get together and talk what they know and don't feel bad about maybe they don't know and, and just give somebody somewhat of a haven to hang out. And really that whole, that whole bar concept is really what we were really focusing on. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as creativity goes, I mean, I mean, basically I'm in charge of the pictures, Mary's in charge of the editing, and then we come up with the ideas together. So that's kind of how, how we do it. And we've got, We've got podcast plans all the way through the end of the year, weekly mm-hmm. of wow. scheduled stuff. So That's it's great. always, she'll pick up the phone and go, Hey, how about we try this? Let's do this. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. So, and then she writes it down in this big supercomputer that she apparently has because her <laughs> mind keeps on, it keeps everything. So, but, <laughs> you know, but we have um, this whole idea to just go and just keep with it. And really the sky's the limit. And she does a good job editing. I, I hate to admit it. She really, really does. Um, there's, there's been a couple of bumps along the road as far as in the middle of stuff, internet dropping out and um, mm-hmm. little things like that. And then yeah. she corrects it and it's seamless and you, you forget it even happened. So that's that's really a testament to the effort she does. She really puts a lot of good effort into this, which is much appreciated by yeah. me. The, the sound has definitely been challenging. And thank you very much, Darren. For, yeah. I, I, do, I do enjoy the, I actually enjoy the editing. It's very... Um, almost like a meditation for me like it's very relaxing mm-hmm. i'm that type of geek i guess um but yeah the sound has been challenging there's been a few times where we've like the episode hasn't sounded as good as what i would have liked it to mm-hmm. so we've had to try different microphones and all that um i am using a 10 year old macbook too oh so, mm-hmm. it, i mean if you're into mac go ahead yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but i do want to get a different setup because i i do see this podcast is continuing for a number like as long as possible i think um, right right and, uh, she, and she's and she's only yelled at me like three times so far john so it's actually oh, well, so it's actually so i can't complain it's only been a couple times yeah. my life's been threatened so if that's overall i'm, I'm getting the w with this so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's not bad at all that, that's no, I, uh you have a you have a, a few fans in the comment section already we have uh ali's in the comment section uh loves the facebook lives new favorite saturday morning routine so there hey, you Allie. go thank you Allie. and we have uh we have uh thomas lady over on youtube thank you thomas he gets called a civil war nerd by other history teachers he works with <laughs> as well uh i think that was a big thing for me because i remember going to the library at school and it was the time life series mayor so i understand mm-hmm. that as well um when you're doing the Facebook lives on, on Saturday mornings and it's a, it's kind of like an extension of the podcast, right? Where you're doing basically, you know, um, similar styles where it's like a pub mm-hmm. talk. It's like a, yeah. but in that way, it's like a brunch talk or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or mimosas or whatever you want to have. But how does that, um, how does that like keep that fire going within you to keep, moving forward because i found when i do facebook lives or when we do something like this it just reignites that and it makes the creativity flow 
Do you see the same thing in that way where it's like you're, you're reinforcing the podcast with that? Yeah, absolutely. Like just the, we didn't know how the Facebook lives would go. We thought, okay, we'll hop on for like an hour. Mm -hmm. And some of them have gone for two and a half hours and it's completely driven by the people that are coming on there and watching us. And we have regulars that we are like, we're both so thankful that they, they pop in on Saturday mornings and some of them will stay with us for the whole two and a half hours. You know, however much time people can give us is great. But the questions and the comments and the discussion that gets going on there, it really feels like we're all sitting around you know, talking about the civil war. And I've learned a lot from that, like as much from our listeners and those that are tuning in too. Like it's, it's really cool to see the different interests of people. That, that's what I need about is that the original plan was, you know, we would, we would drop the, the podcast on Saturday morning and then at 10 o'clock we would kind of get together and just talk about it and just, you know, kind of go over it again. But really what's happening these last couple of weeks is that the people who are on it will jump on, they'll ask their questions and it takes it in a completely different direction. And it's very, obviously very, very laid back, especially as the morning goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it ends up being much more, um, you know, we'll start with one topic and then we'll go in God knows where, but, um, but everybody gets a say and we have a lot of fun with it. And you know what, to your point, John, about re-energizing, it's, it's exactly what it is. Every Friday night is like Christmas Eve with this for me, yep. because mm-hmm. we know the podcast is going to drop. We're going to be doing the live and I get to talk civil war for a handful of hours with people. When, right. when normally I wouldn't get to do that. And so it's, um, it's something I look forward to. Um, I can't get enough of it. So um, that's, that ain't never going to get old for me. Yeah, and, same so, here. And, and so, and so we look forward to it and um, it should be times it's podcast Eve, Darren, you know, I get these yeah. messages from her in the middle of the day at work and, and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. It, it, and, and, you know, and you have to have a certain chemistry and personality to, um, to be able to do it. And I, and I, and that, that's where she, you know, Mary's got a great sense of humor and she's very, I, I've said a million times, she's the smartest person I know in the civil war. Um, mm-hmm. She knows, you know, she knows so much. It's, it's just, it's, it's impressive just trying to keep up with her. And I, <laughs> and I, 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 I definitely enjoy it because it's, it's just a lot of fun. No, and that's like, that's pretty much how I feel about him too. Like he's kind of like, he and I balance each other out really, really well. Um, Cause I admittedly am more Western theater and he's more Eastern theater but since doing this podcast, I've been forced to look more into the Eastern theater for the episodes we've done about that. And I've learned so much and I've learned a lot from Darren mm-hmm. um, as well, just in our conversations before we even had the podcast. But it's nice to have that that kind of balance um, right. in this that we're and we're not just focused on one battle like we cover. We try and cover Eastern and Western theater equally. We try and cover some of the lesser known battles like we just did an episode about um, Battle of Balls Bluff, which was really I didn't know as much about that one as I do other ones. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat to look at these other battles and see how they all play in together with the Civil War. Um, the other thing that I love about lives is that we've like our listeners have come, we've got these inside jokes with them now. <laughs> That's when you know you have it going on with your it, listeners where it's it, like, okay, we're all there's one, there's one um Leonard, he will make a meme sometimes after the Facebook lives of just whatever we were laughing or talking about. Um, one day we were talking about Legos of all things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it turned into sprinkling Legos in the field of Pickett's Charge, and that's why it's full of the Confederates. It just, it just, it's one of those <laughs> things. Just, but you know what? Though, at the end of the day, people are talking about, you know, a Trimble, and they're talking about Garnet, and all the people who participated in that, um, and it makes it fun. And I, I mm-hmm. think um, one of the big things about our podcast was was not really going into X's and O's and you know, the blue lines versus the red lines. We really wanted to personify these people and really get these, you know, give these people the attention. That I think a lot of times history doesn't really cover. 
Um, mm -hmm. People are focused on, on numbers and battles and this and that. Um, and we'd like to get into the people and just talk about some of the cool stories, some of the interesting things behind them. Uh, because it piques interest. Because I think at the end of the day, people enjoy history when they're learning and it's fun. And mm -hmm. it just it's just one of those things that it's um it helps you retain, just helps you appreciate and give you a real thirst for knowledge when you can really get to the same level as these people and understand what that you know that they're not just names, they're not just names on a sheet. They're actual people with families and dreams and goals and, and getting to know them personally is what really kind of helps stoke the fire too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of uh, one of my favorite episodes that we did was actually it was funny. It was one which civil we 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 did an episode where we talked a little bit about alcohol in the Civil War, but then we each picked some generals we would drink with, and I just <laughs> I I picked Isaac Trimble because I wanted to research really? him, and I didn't know if there was any drinking stories with him. I didn't find any drink like you know stories about him drinking or whatever, but I wanted to learn more about who he was because I, um, I go to Cedar Point when it's not a pandemic and it's very close to Johnson's Island, which was a Confederate prison. And that's where Trimble was held. And I always wanted to know more about, you know, one of the other participants in Pickett's Charge. And I came away from researching that episode and I want to read a biography about him now because he just, I don't know, he's quite a colorful character. So, so hmm. things like that are, and, you know. Yeah, in, in that same episode, you know, we, you know, general, you know, Custer, people get the impression he's some wild man, you know, living the life. And, and as you study into him, you realize that he didn't drink, you know, he met his girlfriends and fiance and vowed to never, never drink because of her. And he never did. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think perception is he was kind of a rock star, you know? And mm -hmm. so you'll, you'll, when you study these people, you really get to understand, you know, what, what, you know, what they were. And that was, you know, Trimble was a good one for that. And Custer was another one. And mm -hmm. then there was Butterfield and Sickles and that went the other direction. So, so we had a lot of fun with that. Speaking on the behalf of the, the Custer side of it, where we don't drink, some of us can be quite wild without drinking. So, mm -hmm. you know, you never know with yeah. you know, watch the sober ones where we can be a little wild too. Uh, but you, you brought up Trimble Mary that you would love to have a drink with. What's the, who's the federal officer you would love or the federal soldier you would love to have a drink with? Oh gosh. Who was the federal one I picked? You you pick a new one. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank now on that. Oh, Warren, Warren, Warren. Oh, he turned oh, yeah, Warren. Yeah. oh, he was, he's the Nikki six. <laughs> yeah. He got around. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard stories about Warren. I think you've actually told me a couple of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you recently read a bio of him, or uh, I think I, I think you read a bio recently, or within the last year of Warren, yeah. and you were posting about it, and you're like, I can't believe this party animal. Yeah, was well, he was a complete party animal when he lived down in New Orleans with Andrew Humphreys. Like he was, and he was writing his sister about all these women he was going out with, and then he wrote her one time and said. Yeah, I talked to this girl and then this other one, and I can't remember what her name was, but I know I was flirting with her. Like he was just, I was like, wow, he's quite the dude. Like, yeah, yeah. So to see kind of that side to them too makes them a little bit more human. You know, he's a young guy; he's just graduated from West Point, mm -hmm. and they're doing what a lot of people do after they graduate from college, right? Right. right. He's a young man. There you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Darren, who'd you pick? Well, I picked Sickles for the Union. I picked mm -hmm. Custer. Who else did I pick there? I picked um I'm kind of blank on it. It's been a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Longstreet. We we talked about the Longstreet yeah, Sickles. Longstreet Sickles. Uh post war stuff about them at the um you know in New Orleans at the at the, at the um 
reunion they did. And we just mm-hmm. talked stories about that and just kind of sitting there like, hey, these guys are real people too. These guys, they got up in the morning, had too many the night before, and they struggled back and forth and, you know, just living the life and for all of them. But that's kind of what we did. And really what it was, it was kind of using the, the alcohol as a backdrop to get to know these people personally outside of the war, you know, just to find out exactly what what they what made these dudes tick. And so um, mm-hmm. it's a fun it's a fun way to do it because we associated with 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 that. Um, but I think there was some good stories we had uh, with that. And that, that was one of those yeah. ones that just kind of we just kind of went off on its own, too. Yeah, same no, with those... we, we did one about football, too, where we picked football teams. Oh, yeah. And then assigned a, like, a general to them. So that was a really fun one, too. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So like Braxton Bragg was obviously the Browns. Complete yeah. disaster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obvious choice. There. Yeah. That has to happen. <laughs> uh, if someone hasn't listened to the podcast yet, maybe this is their first introduction to what you all are doing. Uh, what do they hear from week to week? Does it change or does it, uh, do you pick a battle and you go through it, start to finish? Do you pick a uh, personality and go through a bio? Do you just have banter back and forth? What, what, what can they expect uh, for that if they just tune in? We do, st- we do try to stick to the battle anniversary. So for instance, um, our episode that is going to drop this Saturday is going to be part one of the March to the Sea because mm-hmm. Sunday is the anniversary of when Sherman began that march. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we do that. So we're going to talk about, you know, we're probably going to talk about just the background to the march and then take it all the way to Sherman going to Milledgeville, which is about the halfway point. And mm-hmm. then we're going to leave it. And we're going to be mm-hmm. silent about the march until closer to Christmas where we'll pick it back up again. Um, if there's not an anniversary, then we'll do a fun episode. So we like to alternate between talking about the battles and then doing our fun episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and you know we come up with ideas and she does her research i do mine we don't we don't sit there and like obviously write this stuff down or script any of this stuff we just we just start it and wherever the conversation goes um there's obviously a lot of banter back and forth which is i think mm-hmm. one of the best parts about it it's a, it's a lot of fun because we just got to hang out for an hour or so and talk this stuff but um but really it's it's for the most part we end up being we end up kind of just getting on the same page automatically with this um, where you kind of get to the point where I knew what, I know what she's thinking, she knows what I'm thinking, and it goes a certain direction. And we always end up having a lot of fun throughout it all. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we get to we, we listen to it together on Saturday mornings before it, it when it drops, and we just laugh and relive it a little bit. But um, it's not you know it's not one of those things where it's, it's all written down. Here's Mary, you're gonna say this, I'm gonna say this. We just open the thing up and just go, and it just kind of right. takes off, let it does what it does. Yeah, because it becomes more real that way. Oh yeah, it does. It's more like that conversation, you know, in, in the bar or pub that we, we wanted it to, to be like, and just to kind of create um, just a comfort level for, for our listeners too, to show like, Hey, you can, you can talk about it this way. You can laugh about it. And it's okay to have fun with it mm-hmm. as well, you mm-hmm. know, and just talking about it in a way that is, makes it accessible for people. Cause I know in university, like my favorite professors were always the ones that got me laughing and mm-hmm. I did the best in those classes. Mm-hmm. If they yeah. used humor to make it to make it relatable to make it real yeah yeah, yeah. same, same yeah. thing yeah same completely thing. understandable yeah uh thanks to everyone who is tuning in on facebook youtube twitch uh glad to have uh Marin darren make their twitch debut so thank you everyone who's doing that uh jem price over on youtube how you doing we all <laughs> oh, know <Jay> price. <laughs> uh andrea was going to mention the football team episode that must have been one of her 
Yeah, hey. we know Andrea. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea's bad news. No, I'm just yep. she's, one of our, she's, she's one of she's just she's, she's one of our friends, so she's really cool. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. awesome. That's what you say, Andrea. I will ban you. No. <laughs> uh, uh, who'd you make the Cowboys though? You did a football episode. Did you make a Cowboys one? Oh, we didn't get to the Cowboys. I don't because think. Well, you know what? You know what? Team, and it's like, eh, no, no. We just, there's only one America's so team. Who's the overrated federal general, basically? Well, we what we did that. is we 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 each picked certain teams, and we let we we decided to go to the Facebook Live that following Saturday to see what other people came up with. I don't think we ever did a Cowboys one, to be honest. I think we, um we had talked about it, but I don't think it made the final. It didn't make the final cut. I know that. That's I know even, we had had the Packers, the Patriots. The, the, the Browns. Yeah. Obviously, Sherman was the Patriots for a million reasons. Yeah. So, you know. Obviously. Uh, Claudia really wants to know who this Warren is that you speak of, Max. <laughs> General <laughs> Governor K. Warren, hero of Little Round Top. Ladies' man. Yep. Yeah. I was just uh, sitting under his statue the other day, smoking a cigar, uh, making sure no one got on the rock. You're not supposed to stand on the rock. No. Governor Warren. $500 fine. Uh, Thomas Lady says the Cowboys should be Grant. I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, I love Grant. I can't give the Cowboys Grant. No. I mean, it, I mean, if Grant was good and then he just fell off the planet, and became irrelevant for a while, then maybe, right? <laughs> well, we um, could argue the presidency then. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. True. Okay. Maybe that's what yeah, it was. That's, that's, a, yeah. that's you could you could do that, right? Yeah, they were like good in the '90s and then fell off. Grant was good in '65 and then. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Jen Price said she offered the Bears as McClellan. Yeah, she did on the Facebook. Yeah, she live. did. Yeah. And Jen Price is awesome. She was, she was yeah. on our, she was, she was on our guest episode last week, Joan. She was, we were talking yeah. about the ghosts of the Civil War, and Jen Price was our mm -hmm. guest. So she was very, very nice to have her. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You had to do that for Halloween, obviously. Yep. It's, that's what we did. And we just, we thought it, it's something that, you know, it comes up a lot in the civil war field. And I think some people kind of like, they get a little bit weird about it at times, but it's something that we wanted to all talk about because it's an interest of ours. And we thought, well, you know, if there's other people out there, you know, maybe dropping an episode about this will make them a little bit more comfortable you know, if it's something that they believe or if they've had experiences or whatever, you know. Everybody loves a ghost story. Sitting on the yeah. campfire talking, go, whether you believe it or not, it's still fun to talk about. So that was the whole concept of that. And we did it on Halloween. We got dressed up with a live. That was fun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. I know we did uh, last year before everything fell apart, uh, as far as COVID is concerned, we could be together uh, for Halloween last year. I brought Jake Wynn in and we did a... Uh, uh, cutting off sawing off a leg in the gary owen pub which was fun we actually uh got a medical leg and he brought it in and showed us how to take off a lop off a leg and i'm like well that's scary to some people so we'll we'll do that because you know it's everyone else is on a ghost tour in town let's do an amputation <laughs> well there are some cool. bars and some bars and guys where they do the real leg so you know that's pretty good that you guys <laughs> yeah. a fake one i know <laughs> i know a couple of ones on stein where they do the real leg so that's yeah, not sometimes you're Sometimes your bar tab makes you think you lost the leg. Um, <laughs> I've never done that. We'll never do that again. Yeah, that's probably um, a sickle joke there somewhere. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> what's what's one topic that you're looking forward to talking about on the podcast or on a live stream in the future? Oh, this is an easy one for you, Mary. Actually, I'm looking forward more to talking about the battles for Chattanooga. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Like, explain that because I this is the first time I've ever interviewed anybody who's like, I want to talk about the battle of Chattanooga. 
they're they're just so fascinating because there's so much backstory to them um with the politics that is going on behind the scenes like with hooker taking lookout mountain and then the way grant writes about it in his memoirs completely makes it seem like hooker didn't do anything when he, he had done a lot and um i was listening to a really good um it was actually it was a live stream from battlefields um with gary Abelman at lookout mountain and he was talking about how like Grant and Sherman had this plan that it would be Sherman who was going to secure Chattanooga. And that's why Grant was bringing him down there. So when it ended up being Hooker and Thomas doing a lot of the heavy lifting, then that just didn't jive with what they were doing. So there's a lot of that that goes on with the historical memory, mm -hmm. which I find quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. What about you, Darren? Um, I, I mean, Chattanooga is going to be a good one. We're going to be doing March to the Sea Part 1 tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. which is going to be really, really good too. I, you know, to, to Mary's point is, you know, everybody has their bailiwicks, their fortes with this. And I'm more of an Eastern guy. She's more of a Western gal. So whenever we do one of these, it's an opportunity to learn too. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to the March to the Sea one. I think, I think everyone knows conceptually what that was, but it's when you really get into it. Um, you know, Mary made reference of McClellan a little while ago. We did a, we did one a couple of weeks ago about McClellan where when we really get into it, it kind of shine him on a different light that I think a lot of times I hadn't really thought of. And so it's always a learning experience to kind of, um, you know, to kind of, to kind of go over that. But I, I think the, the Western ones I look forward to, cause I learn more. Um, and that's, that's kind of, you know, we're all, we're all learning. I, I learn just as much doing this as, as, as watching other people do it. So it's, 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 it's such a great opportunity. Did you have the same kind of, um, really hardcore back and forth with people about McClellan and the comments now on the live and all that, because no, every time, people, every people, time, every time he comes up, like, here we go. Let's go. People are so calm. They're always willing to open up their minds. You know how it is. No one's setting their ways in this field. It's just, you know, no, yeah, no, we, we have offered free ice cream, the whole deal. Everybody was nice. Yeah. No, Notes from the live stream I did with the defense of McClellan. I still get emails about that. So yes, that's oh, why no. I'm I, I came. I came. We we had a we had a few people that were kind of questioning it a little bit. Like, I mean, I came away from it respecting McClellan a little bit more, because it was you know you you see how the administration was really they could really hold things up. You know, stuff that Halleck was doing and all that. But then if you look, you know, to further down the Civil War, Sherman in eighteen sixty four wrote his wife and said that he understood what McClellan went through with the administration, and he said like on paper, I'm an army of X number, but in reality, I'm only 5,000. I don't have that many troops as to what they say I do on paper. And he was saying he understood McClellan's plight with the administration. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he, and he was he was the general when I think a lot of people in Washington assumed the war was going to be quick, that th this is going to be an easy thing. And I think he realized, guys like Sherman realized that this is not going to be an easy thing. And I need to train these guys and we can't just throw them into the field. Balls Bluff is a perfect example. They fought with completely green soldiers and they got their butts whipped. And mm -hmm. so as you, I, and I think if McClellan would have been later in the war, I think he'd be looked at a lot differently right now. You know, he gets, he gets bashed for taking two months to try to get Richmond on the peninsula campaign. It took Grant nine months, a couple of years later, and it just goes to show how hard it ultimately was. And I think, you know, I think it led to a lot of generals questioning guys like Reynolds if they should take this position because of percept meddling by the administration. So there's a lot. The Onions very, has got a lot of levels into it when you really get into a guy like George McClellan. Was mm -hmm. he 
did he have his flaws? Of course. I mean, he was a you know how he was, but yeah, but he I think, <laughs> but but I think yeah, exactly. You could say, but I but I think someone like that deserves a deep dive to understand that there are positives, and once you really read into it, you kind of discover those, and it's like that for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally looked at McClellan on the Peninsula differently after I read the environmental history of of the Civil War. And it was like, wow, that place is a mess, you know, like swamps and creeks and, and, you know, sandy soil and stuff like that. And you understand why he got bogged down. And then all of a sudden he does pretty well in Maryland and moves mm-hmm. pretty quickly, attacks pretty quickly. So you're starting to see two different sides of the same person. It's just the two campaigns are totally different because of, you know, geography, topography, stuff like that. And you're, you're absolutely right now. I'm wondering if with Sherman just cutting off all communication and just going is him learning from like McClellan. Like if I just cut off my communication with DC, I can go wherever I want. Mm-hmm. I just pop out wherever I want to pop out. And, you know, he was yeah. one of those, let, let the generals be generals and let the politicians be politicians. Cause you know, the whole March to the sea, he basically went dark that whole time. Yeah. He cuts um, that telegraph wire on November you know, the 12th. And yeah. it, and he and said it, he was could not have been happier when that happened. Yeah, and, and he, he didn't just he just didn't organically know that was going to happen. He knew by his experiences what was going to happen if 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 every step along the way he was watched. And I think, um, and I think a lot of it was the total war. What he wanted to do, and he just wanted to. Sometimes you don't want to be there when the sausage is being made, type thing. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, and I and I think, but I think he realized that, uh, and you see it all the way through, all the way through in today's modern days. Just, the politicians kind of get in the way of the generals and, and they needed to be generals. And I think that really hurt McClellan. It hurt, got hurt Hooker, obviously, arguably hurt Meade. It, it hurt all of them and every, and every one of them. And like I said, there's a reason why John Reynolds turned that gig down. Right. You know, mm-hmm. right. Because he was smart. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he, he heard the, he heard the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who, are, what books have really like, come into your focus in the last year or two that you've really enjoyed or maybe an author um or you know a genre of the civil war that you read about where it's like wow this is really cool and you know we got to talk about this on a future live stream podcast whatever it may be what's something you've really enjoyed coming out of the civil war field lately um i think a southern storm by noah andre trudeau would be one of my favorites um as well Fierce Glory by Justin Martin is a book about Antietam. It is the one book, like I recommend it to people that aren't even into the Civil War. I just say, read this book. The narrative is so good. It play, it'll play out in your head like a movie. Um, that one is that one was one. I actually listened to the audiobook twice in a two week period because I enjoyed it so much. It was really, really good. Um, and then I've been reading Sherman's memoirs again lately too, just for the March to the Sea. And that's always, it, it's a fun read. He's a very conversational author so he's he's fun to listen like read mm. <laughs> what about you darren well i mean i've been mostly reading the eastern stuff but but mary's gonna be reading a lot of western stuff i just finished reading um groom's book on vicksburg i've always been really into the assassination of lincoln though um and i've oh. really been into reading a lot of the booth books uh, american mm-hmm. brutus by kaufman obviously um i just finished reading asia booth's diary about John's sister. And so mm-hmm. again, reading a lot of that stuff when I was in college, I really got into the assassination. Um, I did my thesis in college on the Booth assassination uh, of Lincoln. And it's always been kind of like the, in the background, like that, that 
song you always listen to, that you always go back to that you just, you know, one of those, one of those bands. Um, and so I find myself reading still a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm trying to expand my horizons and try to read a lot more of the, the Southern Storm by Trudeau that Mary mentioned a minute ago is certainly one of them. I also mm-hmm. like to read the diaries. I think um, there's a book called The Road to Richmond by a guy named Abner Small, the 16th Maine, who mm-hmm. I think is bar, bar none the best firsthand account of the Civil War by a soldier. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's certainly one that um, that I've, I've read many times because it is just so vivid uh, and it tells a really good story and it just tells a lot of – not just the politics, but it talks specifically about the experiences that's very different. Um, I just try to read as many different varies of different things, different levels, and not focusing on one thing. But that's really the big thing that I've, that I've been reading lately. Those I, ones. Would, I would second American Brutus. I just finished it, too. I'm very interested in the assassination like Darren is. And we do plan on doing, we're going to be doing some episodes about it in the future. But American Brutus was really, really good. I remember when uh, April 1865 came out and mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me and there's this big uh resurgence in not only the assassination of abraham lincoln and the appomattox campaign and stuff like that but then looking at sherman's surrender uh, the surrender of johnston to sherman in north carolina and the, and the stuff behind the scenes going on with that because that didn't turn out too well the first time around oh. and that yes. really opened a lot of people's eyes to uh when did the civil war actually end mm-hmm. you know? and now that, that book really made it interesting and then i started to look at other books about the assassination and, and booth and stuff and it's really funny how one book can make you veer off and you're like okay i gotta go down this path and figure this out and then come back to my lane basically and and concentrate and i think that we're starting to see a lot more of that right where there's going there are books that are coming out there not only books that are geared towards more of academia through like the uh, academic presses. But now there are books coming out there like more popular history. Mm-hmm. Like Megan Katie Nelson's latest book reads more like, as I said to her before, I said, it's like reading, uh, uh, what, what was that? Uh, Game of Thrones, because mm-hmm. you're going by the character. Each chapter is a different character and you don't have to be into history to enjoy that. You just have to be into a good story. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that might be something that's going to appeal to people who are like the people who watch us, uh, you know, who are just in it for, um, I don't want to say the entertainment value because you definitely want to learn, but it's like, you're not worried about uh, the academic lingo. You're worried about, mm-hmm. is it a good story and is it correct? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're seeing the, the emergence of a lot of historical fiction, books like Killer Angels, everybody's read that. Um, there's a book called Black Iron Mercy. That is about the, the Iron Brigade. That's really, yeah, really, good. really good. Um, oh. um, and so I think, and you can read that, and there's a lot of historical accurate in there, but it's told in a novel form. So uh-huh. it's historical fiction, but it really piques the interest of the average non-history nerd reader. I mean, I can read stereo instructions if it's about 1864. It doesn't matter. But a lot, but a lot of, but a lot of people can't. So you have to find a way to, to, to I mean, it, it is entertainment though. Because, you know, if you're going to get someone to really understand and really want to learn, you have to make it fun for them to read, especially the younger people now. And I think those type of historical fictions, as long as they're more accurate than not, um, then it's really interesting. But that Black Iron Mercy book I mentioned is a really good read. If, if you're into the Iron Brigade, uh, I would highly suggest that. And I didn't write it, so don't, don't look at me. I did, so I'm, 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 I'm not right plugging now, myself here, but it's, it's, yeah. a really, it's a really good book. And I'll seriously check, totally check that out. I'm going to have to check that out because I'm a big Iron Brigade fan and I haven't, 
I haven't read uh, Civil War fiction since Ralph Peter's book came out about Gettysburg. And I, uh, that's been mm -hmm. years. And it, it was fantastic. And I was like, it's a good change of pace for when you're just used to facts and figures and troop movements and whatever it may be. Just to go with something that's like, you know, a nice historical fiction once in a while to rejuvenate. Uh, What's that? Kane of Gettysburg? The Peters one? Yes. Kane of Gettysburg. Yeah. yeah I that, 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 that's a good book. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Jeff Carr is a really good, too. He's got a really good Western theater that's got four books oh, yeah. in it. Um, Smoke at Dawn is my favorite. It's about the battles for Chattanooga. But the way he, um, the way he writes the characters, like he, for the Confederate side, he's got Braxton Bragg and Patrick Claiborne, and they're the exact opposite. Mm. Braxton Bragg's chapters, I was so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I see why nobody liked him yeah yeah don't talk about mcclellan let's brag is the one. Oh, you know? i think I, I was watching american battlefield trust live stream one time and they and i did a hashtag nothing to brag about and i'm and people were like oh my god that's that's pretty good and they're like oh, oh gary yeah, yeah, Gary must have died when he read that one. Yeah, he actually said that one. <laughs> yeah, like, Thanks, Gary. Appreciate that. So, so uh, let's say you two want to write a biography. Who are you writing it about? Oh, this is an easy one. I'll let Mary do this one. Oliver Otis Howard. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a good one. It doesn't get mm -hmm. enough. He doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, okay. he's actually now my favorite general. Really? <laughs> he's replaced Sherman. Yeah, Sherman. I still Sherman's my second, but I. There's something about Howard. I think it's just partly, you know, to do with the way he's he's viewed in mm -hmm. the Civil War. Um, but I really admire him for his, like, the faith he had in Christianity. Like, I'm not a religious person, but to see that he had, you know, he had a bit of a reputation because he was the Christian general and people talked about him behind his back. But he stood by his faith no matter what. And that just is something I took away to mean, like, well, just stand by what you what you believe and what your interests are and don't let anybody tell you, tell you different. Mm -hmm. And to just the fact that Sherman picks him to be his right wing commander on the March to the sea, because he saw something in Howard, despite what had happened at Chancellorsville and Gettysburg and the reputation that Howard probably carried with him into mm -hmm. the Western theater from the Eastern theater. So it's just, he doesn't get enough love, I think. And... Mm -hmm. All right, Darren. Well, I, I'd go one of two ways. I would go. I wouldn't go as high the high levels of core guy. I'm I'm going to go either David Ireland, 137 New York at Gettysburg, who is the Joshua Chamberlain on the other side of the flank. Okay, mm -hmm. Holden Culp's Hill, right. um, or or I'm going to go Charles Tilden, the uh, regimental commander of the 16th Maine, right. who was left be whose regiment was left behind to sacrifice themselves on Oak Hill, who mm -hmm. ultimately was captured. Um, when, he, when they got him, they said, hand me your sword. He stuck in the dirt and snapped it in half and said, here you go. And, you know, and, and, and so he gets taken, he gets caught, gets taken back to Libby prison, escapes, ends up back uh, to the Union again, gets caught later, escapes again. He's kind of a, the, the wild man of, the, um, of that. I, I, think, I think guys like that tell a great story. I think um, in Ireland, obviously, like I mentioned, is a guy who, you know, Shara could have made that movie about, David Ireland at Gettysburg right. instead right. of Chamberlain, and, and you would not have missed a beat because it was very, very similar. But those two guys, uh, Colville, First Minnesota is another one. Guys at that level who really, um, who Augustus Van Horn Ellis, maybe the, the, that level type of guy, the regimental commander who really right. did something special at that moment that most right. people don't realize. Mm. 
I was actually gonna make a shirt one time that had 16th main greater than 20th main. Yeah. Right around Gettysburg yeah. and see yeah. what happens. And people be like, what's the 16th main? Who are they? And be like, exactly. You yeah. need to know the story of 16th yeah. main. <laughs> um, Dan Casella is on and he says, uh, I think the new wave of teaching history should focus on individuals who were there rather than the generals, the same old tactical mm -hmm. stuff. We're starting to see this shift uh, now where kind of like the old tactical way of looking at a battle is what our crazy uncle used to do, mm. <laughs> you know, and we're starting to see this shift towards, if you want to call it new wave or whatever you want to, however you want to say it, it's starting to become more um, minutia and, and uh, detailed in that way. Um, or we're going to environmental. And I think this also goes back to our audiences uh, again, where our audiences are, are very in tune with what we're talking about. It's not mm -hmm. the point. It's just the, the, how we bring it across, like how you two bring across the Civil War Breakfast Club, how I bring some things across with tattoo distorting stuff. It's, it's a pub talk. It's a coffee shop talk. It's we're hanging out on the field together. Like we just met on the battlefield and we're just going over what we're interested in. I think that's going to open so many doors to people because we've often felt shut out because someone said, Oh, I only have a high school diploma or, Oh, I don't have a history degree. And it's like, so what you can still read a primary source. Like you've been saying you about the journals and the memoirs and people in the comment section have been saying, I love reading memoirs. I love reading mm -hmm. journals. It's personal. And it's just really interesting to see this. If you want to call it new wave of history coming in. Well, it's instead of looking big picture down, it's little picture up we are starting at that you know maybe just reading about you know the, the second wisconsin and, and camp randall and all the stuff they did and, were, and and then follow them through the battles they went going up instead of mm -hmm. starting with you know rufus dawes and working your way down you know mm -hmm. guys like that solomon meredith and working your way down and so i think i think more people can associate with the grunt soldier the volunteer the the farmer the tavern owner you know whatever they were before they they went off to fight for this for their for their country mm -hmm. than a west point person who probably um you can't associate with because everybody can associate with somebody climbing through the ranks and i, I it's just right. it's just much more of a fascinating story because like i said when i we started this Almost everybody has a relative who fought in this war on one side and and you find out what they did or who they were and you find out more Then you kind of expand it and grow it out from that point. And then mm -hmm. you, you realize then you're starting the battles they were in and then you're starting the overall armies they were in. And it gives you a greater fascination and an overall picture of the, for the entire battle than starting with seers or fans and reading about those books and then just kind of working your way through it. I, I just that's that's how I've always liked it. Um, I've always liked the personal stories of the lower guys. It just, it just resonates better for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand that very much. Uh, interesting question. Have y'all thought about a civil war starter book set? I'll tell you what I've thought about kids books for the civil war before mm -hmm. I've thought about historical fiction. But when I said the biographies, I was actually hoping Meredith, you were going to still say William Tecumseh Sherman, because I would like to write a book on Joe Johnston. And oh. because there hasn't been one in a major one in 20 years, uh, maybe more, but a civil war starter book set would be an interesting thing for people. I always thought a good book between would be, would be comparing McClellan with Johnson, both very popular oh. with their soldiers, both yes. not aggressive, both got fired for not being aggressive. Mm -hmm. You could draw yeah. an interesting parallel between the two and that could be an interesting book too. 
Mm, a comparative history of those. Yeah, that'd be yeah, really it's, fascinating. Because they're, they're, very, they're very similar in a lot of ways, both those two. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have a couple people who are uh, <laughs> saying they need it. Well, wants to do a Sherman book here. Uh, first main heavy artillery, Forlorn Hope. I don't remember that one. Mm -hmm. I might have crossed paths with it a time or two, but we're getting some book recommendations uh, in here. Uh, Bob Marshall, my buddy Bob, need a bio on Don Carlos Buell. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's one you don't hear about too much. Yeah. So, I guess, so I guess that book would arrive late then when it finally comes. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. Ooh. And not because of I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too, too soon? I don't know. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, Leonard Curtis, I remember this, the Golden Book of the Civil War. Uh, I actually remember these back in the day. Yeah, and it's really was. cool. We're, getting, we're, we're talking books in the comments really heavily right now. It's really great because we're, we're learning about each other how we got into it. Uh, like, like, like Mary said about time life. And yeah. I remember getting the time life books at the library, the golden books, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see what all people read because that influenced, I think what we ingest on here, right. On social yeah. media, it's that, that connection again, yeah. where and we connect with personality. Mm -hmm. I still have all my kids' books from when I first got into the Civil War, too. I kept them all. Yeah, I still have mine. And uh, I, still yeah, buy, I still buy kids' books about the Civil War to see what's out there, to see what authors are saying about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, I think you're definitely seeing a more of a, a more of a, a change down popular culture with movies and things like that. The Gettysburg movie had a lot to do with that, too. I know mm -hmm. it's probably 30 years ago now that came out, but I remember yeah. when that first came out, it was finally a movie that about the civil war with you know wasn't gone with the wind or you know blue and the gray or these other things that came out that was kind of for the most part historically true you know of course it's got a, it's some movie it takes us you know liberties and all that but i think from there it kind of it kind of regenerated the whole reenacting movement it seemed right. and then more people got involved in more books and more books um and i think i think the kids nowadays are getting more into it um and, and so and that this that's the next generation of people who may discover first primary sources someday and write different books on the next future rangers and battlefield guys of the world to help keep this whole thing going. Because mm -hmm. um, most people in this field tend to be older. I can t say this my own Civil War roundtable that I'm involved in, that it's um it's definitely a older, more experienced group. So I think the more ways you're going to get to the younger people, certainly the better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a, a desire to learn more about it. It's just uh, some who have done it for years don't know where the audience is. Mm -hmm. they, they think because they're not coming to a round table, then they're not out there. When in fact, they're somewhere else. They may be digital now. And COVID has taught us that we need to be more digital than ever. Um, but I think you're right. You know, it's, I mean, the Civil War round tables in my area closed down because no one was going no one wanted to spend the money uh and we were getting live streams now so mm -hmm. i just think the medium is changing and and both of you have jumped on to the podcast game and the live streaming game uh right at you know the beginning of this movement mm -hmm. towards more digital humanities uh forced upon us by covid was this this uh boom if you will i hope it's not a bubble <laughs> you know i always thought we get this great content and then it's gone 
Yeah, I don't think it will be. I think it's going to change the field. Um, you know, and I know just it's one of the things I am thankful for in the pandemic is trying to find the silver silver lining. It's like, so during the pandemic, I came up with this, you know, Darren and I created this podcast, but then we've also started to create this kind of this, there's this community mm-hmm. too, just like what you've created, John, as well. And mm-hmm. you're getting to know people that you might not have otherwise got to know and meet and make those connections. Mm-hmm. It makes, and I think people are comfortable. It's fun to hang out, have a drink or two, talk about history, talk about civil works. I think in its core, at people's core there, they want to be entertained and they want to learn. You want to learn something else. Just, you have that thirst mm-hmm. for knowledge that, that everybody seems to have that intellectual curiosity and if you can make it fun. Um, it makes it even better. And, it's difficult to sit and watch a C-SPAN lecture or go to those things because it's, it's, it's dry and it kind of tunes you out and it's very high level academic. Mm-hmm. If it's more collaborative and more entertaining and more um, give and take, I think mm-hmm. people learn more from that. And, and Mary and I both have said over and over again, we learn as much at these lives than, than we do from reading or anything mm-hmm. else because um, people bring up these ideas that we just never thought about. And then you research it and, and study it and they go, geez, I, you know, it just opens up our mind too. So it's an education for us. And I think that's, um, that's something that we both appreciate, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much. And I think it breaks down that wall too where uh, you're not nervous coming on here to watch a live stream. You'd be nervous going to a meeting somewhere about it, or even going on tours. Uh, I know that I know that this uh, medium has been great for introverts <laughs> because you don't have to be around people. Mm-hmm. You can just sit, kick back, relax, and watch you two do your thing. And you know they don't have to go to a pub or they don't have to go wherever it may be. Um, so I think it's great for everybody, uh, really. You know, allowing that accessibility, and you two definitely have the accessibility going down because you're doing those great live streams on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and you're bringing people in from other areas to just discuss it and learn from each other and network as well. And that's huge. You're building a community. Mm-hmm. And, and, on, and I think that's awesome. I mean, we started this just a way to hang out and talk about the civil war in Italy. Yeah. And, and it's still to a, it's still to a point. It's foundation still what that is, but sure. now it's, now it's bringing in more people into it who, uh, who we want to hang out with and just, you know, and, um, and just, talk you know sit around and talk battle stuff with whoever comes in our minds and and without coming across as pretentious or know-it-all-ish or things like that it just it just makes it so much more much more friendly and so much easier to learn i think and i think people adapt to that a lot better because it's fun i mean it's 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 mm-hmm. i mean who does like to have fun yeah i didn't ever want anybody to feel intimidated if they were you know watching our facebook live like you know i wanted them to ask questions or comment and, and people are great about doing that and I said before like our listeners are they're completely what are driving those facebook lives because the the comments and the questions we get and just like the fun we have and it's hard to believe like next thing you know two and a half hours has gone by right and but she's she can be she can be very intimidating john don't flutter fully she's not it's the Canadian thing. It's yeah, Canadian. it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, she has. You haven't seen her Canadian glare. You haven't. You haven't seen her cross check yet. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> um, what do you think is going to be down the road for Civil War Breakfast Club project? Uh, because when I started, I never thought I would be doing live events, and then we started. I started doing live events. Do you think there's something that you would like to? do differently in the future post COVID 
still doing what you do, but is there something that you would do as like a wild card kind of thing to connect with the audience? I think go to a battlefield and have a day where people can come meet up and hang out and just, you know, tour around the battlefield Mm -hmm. and then go hang out afterwards, have dinner somewhere, have a few drinks or whatever. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Just take it. Like we say, it's sit around a bar virtually. Just take it, take it for real. You know, Mm -hmm. we've talked about, you know, obviously going to conferences and stuff like that, but just going to a place like Antietam or, Chickamauga or Gettysburg, any of those places, and just kind of hanging out, doing some, doing maybe doing a podcast or a live from there. Anybody who's around wants to hang out and go chill somewhere and just and just sit around, chew the fat, talk about talk about whatever's on their mind. And just more the more people you meet, the more you know, the more fun the world is. You know, mm-hmm. that's right. I, I can't agree more with that. And uh, Bob says, uh, three cheers to all of us. We've discussed historical intimidation before. We definitely have. That comes up quite often on my uh, buzzed coffee with a tattooed historian thing we talked mm-hmm. about accessibility and no intimidation and stuff like that uh leonard wants you to come to vicksburg yeah sure. leonard's been leonard's been saying that with that don't worry leonard we'll be we'll be there i promise that's yeah. that's that's on the that's on the road yeah i've uh, yeah. never been to vicksburg before so that'll be a good one that's on my bucket list i would love to go to vicksburg someday nice. i would always i've never been out west to a battlefield so that's something that i gotta go to vicksburg yeah but thank you, Ken Burns, for introducing me to Vicksburg. Yes, where it was. Oh, oh that's absolutely. But but we, we you know we, we try to always try to evolve, and I think that you know the the roundtable idea we we just rolled out was a good one. We thought because it you know this way it gives everybody a way to jump in, and just mm-hmm. like this, except you got a bunch of people on a Zoom call and. There's no subject. It's just whatever anybody wants to talk about. We did it a few weeks ago, and we did sort of invite you, John. You said you weren't invited, but we did invite you, sort of. Yeah. You know. I, I, you I, I was teasing. Yeah, we yeah. the, the guilt thing on us, but that's okay. We could all. No, I was teasing. No, I, teasing. <laughs> no, I, I know. I am just kidding. But you I mean, know, I would so, never be like that. No, no. You'll, you'll definitely be on next time. But, it, but it's just one of those things where we just like to, you know, we just opened it up to anybody who wants to talk about anything. And we talked about a whole bunch of I don't think Mayor and I really talked that much at all. It was just everybody else just no, jumped on in and, and stuff. And you know, and that's you what was really people, cool about it. Yeah, you gave people a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to do. We just we said it was not going to be the traditional roundtable where somebody was going to be speaking because I had a few people when they emailed me, they were like, "What's the topic?" And I'm like, "The topic is whatever we see like how it. the conversation goes." And it went like I think we talked about historical memory for a few minutes um everybody introduced themselves and talked about how they got into the civil war um we talked about just kind of the different civil war communities that there are in social media and all that so it was it was a really good discussion and um i didn't know how it would go but within five minutes i knew it was going to go okay i think the common thing was that most people felt like this is great because it gives us an opportunity to hang out and talk without being in a you know that historical intimidation thing you mentioned before just being able to say you know what i don't I just started studying this six months ago. I don't really know that much, but it's fun and I like you guys and I want to learn more. And we'll, you know, we'll be happy to, um, we'll be happy to hang with them as much as hanging with some long-term expert because it's, it's just, it's just more fun. Anything you can do to get people involved and learn more about it. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that's the big picture. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to ask one last thing. What has been the surprising thing for you doing this project? Anything, any surprises that you've hmm. had? Uh, like you didn't think it was going to be easy. You didn't think it was going to be this hard. You didn't think it was going to be as following. I, I, I didn't, didn't think there would be the following that really I didn't, I didn't know how it would go. 
Um, I thought, you know, it would be like, I figured six, six to eight months it would take to build up what we've, we've built up, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just been amazing to see how, how it took off, how the Facebook lives have gone and all that. Um, I thought I would struggle more with the editing, but I'm right. picking it up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that, that's been the most, most surprising things is how it has, how it's taken off and just the positive reception we've got in the community has mm-hmm. been really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I'm, I'm really happy to have both of you on here because uh, you're both friends and, but you're, you're creating something really cool and you've been creating something really cool. And mm-hmm. I, I love the accessibility part of it. Uh, that's why I admire it so much is because it's in that same track of history that I love where it's, all about accessibility. It's about bringing it to a new audience, bringing it to an old audience, but allowing everyone to be a part of the community. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad that all of you, uh, both of you had, you know, some time to come on to the live stream tonight and talk and interact with all of my peeps who some of them are your peeps as well. Yeah, well, thank and, you. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it because we really admire what you do too. Like you've, uh, I remember when I was just starting my Facebook lives on Civil War Fangirl and uh-huh. I reached out to you, John, about it. Yeah, and I remember, I remember asking you, I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, you know? I remember that. I remember that. I don't remember what I told you like as, as advice, but I remember you reaching out to me. And... Yeah, you just said, be yourself. And yeah. if you make a mistake, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I, that's what I tell a lot of people, be yourself and don't worry about judgment. Yeah. Just oh. do it. You know, what I uh, but, but you know, look what it's turned into. Yeah, <laughs> now, well, I took that know. advice with me into this podcast too. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That was, that's very kind. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I'm glad that <laughs> you know, I can give advice. That's good advice. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> no, but it's, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. It's great to even just to, just to hang out and talk this stuff because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. a lot of us, we could talk this stuff all day and all night and go on and on and on. And any chance oh, yeah. you can get to do it, certainly, especially your platform is great, but any platform. Um, right. And just the, the more the more you can talk about it, the, the more fun it is. And so mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, we, we definitely appreciate having us on. This is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary and Darren. It's been it's been great. Uh, I'm glad that you took the time out of your day to come on and talk to us about your projects and where you're heading from here, hopefully, and, and all that, because I know that we're, in this limbo now due to COVID, we don't know what's going to happen, but we can still do it digitally. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, so thank you for, for being on. It really means a lot to me. And I know thank it means you. a lot to everyone in the comments too. So I put a, a link to the Facebook page in the comment section of all three platforms. Oh, thank you. Uh, where can they find the podcast before we log off? We are on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, any basically any platform. I think I've got us on all the just the just ones now. Civil War Breakfast Club. Put it right into your into um, podcasts, and you're on your phone. You'll you'll find us. And uh, we're tw- twelve episodes in. Yep. Through thir- episode thirteen tomorrow, and just seems like we just started this five minutes ago. So yep. definitely check it out. Any ideas anybody has they want to throw at us, we'll, we're happy to we're happy to listen. Absolutely, that's awesome. Thank you two so much for being on. I really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you, everyone who's been watching on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. Thank you for all the comments. I'm sure we're going to take the next day or so and look through the comments. Yeah. Make sure I didn't miss any questions that uh, <laughs> you know need to be answered or anything like that. But uh, thank you again. 
everyone for for joining us this evening. We hope you have a safe and happy night. Take care, everybody. Good night, everybody.